Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington. Today's podcast during our quarantine series where we're bringing an expert or a unique guest from different fields, whether it's uh, a coach, a broadcaster, uh, an author. Uh, Today we've got a unique guest from Spokane originally, graduated Lewis and Clark High School in 1980. Now he's one of the most recognizable faces and voices in sports broadcasting, other than none other than Sports Center anchor Neil Everett. Neil, how's it going today down in California? It's going great. Uh, just hoping everybody's being safe. No resistance to social distance. <laughs> you've you've always got a a an amazing or unique wit to drop a phrase or a, a, a quip that's going to kind of lighten the mood. I love watching you on Sports Center. Now, if I go back and I look at kind of your your path to becoming a Sports Center anchor, um, is that something that you thought you would get into when you were growing up in Spokane? No, not at all. I enjoyed writing. I wrote for the uh, Lewis and Clark paper. I think or my earliest uh, dream in, in in that field would have been to I wanted to write for Sports Illustrated. You know, I collected all the Sports Illustrated's, had them all. I mean, I kept them forever. I hauled them all around the country before I realized it was probably a waste of space. But I loved reading Sports Illustrated. Sport Magazine was also one we had back then. Uh, I went to the University of Oregon, got a journalism degree, and I really fell into the ESPN thing. I didn't apply for it. They found me in Hawaii, and uh, and then it changed my life. Uh found you in Hawaii. If I know correctly, you were working as, as an athletic administrator, maybe an athletic director at, at a university level. Um, if, if there are student athletes or coaches out there listening, trying to figure out their career path, sometimes it can't be scripted. A lot of times you just kind of have to be prepared for whatever opportunity comes your way and ready to make a decision. 
is that how it came about and what type of advice would you give kids or coaches to always be prepared? Well, I was a sports information director at a college, Hawaii Pacific on Oahu. So that's like, that's like a PR job with horrible hours. And uh, so you, so I was ended up doing a lot, doing a lot of writing about sports, which I enjoyed, but I, I, I think in answer to your question, it, you know, if you're a, if you're a young man or a young lady and you're listening and you feel like you have a particular skill set that you're strong at, and mine was I thought I was a pretty good writer, you know, I thought I could turn a phrase like you mentioned, and uh, and so so with this job at Hawaii Pacific, I was always writing. Well, then I had I, I had extra time or not extra time, I needed extra money, uh, so I uh, I applied at a local television station, so I would work I would work at the school from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. And then if we didn't have a game, then I would go to the television station and I'd work there from 5 p.m. till 10 p.m. and then get up and do it again, amen. And that's, and so I, I kept, that kept how, uh, that kept my, kept my craft sharp. I was able to write. So, you know, I, I put myself in that position and then eventually, I, you know, I ended up on the air just through uh, uh, odd circumstances in Hawaii and then even more odd or otter, whichever was the correct word, uh, uh, you know, I eventually uh, matriculated to the to the anchor desk in Hawaii while also working the other job. And then the, the ESPN thing happened. So the, I guess the message to young people is, one, you got to work your ass off. Uh, you know, I mean, I worked 80 hours a week when I was when I was that age. And that's 20, you know, 25 to, to 40 darn near. Uh, and, and you, so you gotta, you have to know you have a skill set. You've got to put yourself in a position to improve that skill set. And then you've got to put yourself in a position to meet people that can help you advance your career, uh, networking. And then you got to have a lot of luck and, and luck is the one that well, luck is the real intangible, but you can, you can create luck by putting yourself in the right, right spaces sometimes. And I think all those, uh, all those were in play for me. And now I'm the luckiest guy in the world with, with the gig I got and the life that I've, uh, I've found myself in. You know, I, I love kind of that story because uh, I, be, I believe in, uh, you know, the work in the unseen hours and, and Malcolm Gladwell's philosophy of 10,000 hours to become, you know, a true master of something. And, and the hours that you talk about putting into it um, are a very similar message. And I also believe that preparation uh, – when opportunity is presented, you're going to be ready for it. Well, I mean, look at you, look at your career as a baller. I mean, you know, I'm sure you, you know, you put in, you, you know, thousands of jump shots, thousands of hours in the gym. I mean, it's not like you walked into the gym and somebody said, that's my, I'm picking that guy first. You know, you're not six, eight, two forty down on the block, you know, and, uh, and look at the career you had in the NBA and everything. So you're somebody that we, we could all look at as well and say, you know what, hard work can pay off. Yeah, I would agree. And I appreciate, you know, uh, you know, sharing those thoughts about my career. I mean, I look back at it and I'm to this day, I don't think I, 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 it's hard to say this, but I don't think at the time you're in it, you understand the time and the effort and the passion that it took. It takes when you're out of it, that realization of that was pretty darn hard to accomplish. That was pretty darn, uh, amazing to be a part of and I, I say that in all kind of honesty and I, I say it with a lot of you know respect for what everybody else is doing in their particular careers was there one moment in time in your career path where you said okay 
I've got this. I, I think I've got a big time career at Sports Center behind the desk. No, you know what's interesting is there was a time when I said I don't have this. And this is another lesson for those uh, those people listening is so I was in Hawaii and I got a I got approached through a phone call from an agent out of New York, just completely unsolicited, who had who said, Hey, uh, I heard you know you're good in Hawaii and uh, and I want to represent you. And I, I'm like, dude, you can't do anything for me. I'm in Hawaii. Bro. I'm, I'm fine. And, and this is where I, I'm not leaving. And, uh, and then at the end of the conversation, I said, you know what? You get me an interview at ESPN. We'll, we'll talk. And it was more, more just to like get out of my face type of thing. Like he's not getting me an interview at ESPN. And, and, and then next thing I know, a, a month or so later, he called me up. He says, I'm at ESPN. You got an interview. And I, and I said, well, then I guess you're my agent. And the lesson there is, you know, it's up to the individual to decide how high that golden ring is that they want to reach for. So when I threw out, hey, get me an interview at ESPN, I was like separating my shoulder, reaching like, you know, like, all right, give me an interview at ESPN, because that, you know, that's the Rushmore of, of what I did. And, uh, and, and the guy did. And so, but the moment, uh, contrary to your question, is I went from Hawaii, so I went back to I went back to Bristol to interview for this gig. Well, I thought I was, you know, I thought I was a cat's ass, and I thought I could go back there and just wing it and and, and knock it out. Well, I was horrible. I mean, I'm, I I got cut. I didn't make it. I was that. I was brutal. You know, I like I didn't know I didn't know the sports that 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 ESPN was talking about because I didn't do them in Hawaii. You know, in Hawaii I talked about high school sports and and sumo and surfing and and if there was a local guy who played ball somewhere like a you know like a Benny Ogbayani or somebody back then then those are the guys I was talking about but yeah, I didn't know Kaminsky Park I remember in the in the in the highlight I called it Kaminsky Park like, I didn't know it you know like I didn't pay any attention to Major League Baseball except for what Benny was doing so I failed I failed miserably and I went back to Hawaii with my tail between my legs I'm like wow I blew that opportunity and the point being is you got to do your homework. Like if, if you're out there and you're going to get an interview, man, you better know everything about that company and you better not just go in like going, Hey, I, you know, I'm a swinger and I'm going to, I'm just going to knock it out of the park because I blew it. And so that's the, that's the moment that I realized I'm not a sports center anchor. Now a year later, fortunately that agent called me up and he said, Hey, they saw something. They want to give you another interview. And I'm like, Oh, so now I went back. This time I knew everything. This time, Dan, I thought they were going to hire me before I walked out of the building because I, <laughs> I crushed it. I go back to Hawaii and I'm like, yes, yeah, I mean, you know, I'm surprised they haven't hired me already. It's a whole nother year before they, they call me up. So this process was a long process. I remember I couldn't even watch SportsCenter anymore. Like you'd walk in and there it is. And I'm like, that was like looking at my girlfriend making out with somebody else. I'm like, I can't watch that. I can't watch <laughs> I can't watch that. So, so that's the moment. So it's not the moment when I knew I had it. It's the moment when I knew I didn't and I had nobody to blame but myself because I hadn't done the work. Wow. That's, uh, that's an example of, of a, a mistake or a missed shot spurring you on to prepare for your next opportunity. That's phenomenal. Yeah. What is the greatest interview you've ever had? Whether it was with a celebrity, maybe a, a, political icon or an athlete? Well, I think the greatest one, it's, it's one of the very first ones I did when we opened up here in Los Angeles and I interviewed John Wooden and I think it was coach Wooden's 
last interview. It was his last television interview, I'm almost for sure. He was being honored by Sport Magazine as the number one coach across all sports. I think Lombardi was second. And, and he was at, a, at his, this little restaurant on the other side of the hill over here. And uh, it looked, you know, red leather booths. It looked like something out of The Sopranos. And uh, I went over there and, you know, Kareem's there, Marcus Johnson's there, uh, uh, Walton's there, and all these are there to honor coach. And, uh, and then his, his daughter comes over and she says, you know, he's had a long day. So can you, you know, make this as quick as you can? And I said, yeah. And I, and so I said, you know, I'm, I asked him a, a, a couple questions and, and uh, I remember I asked him how he had prepared for death. And uh, afterwards the producer said, man, where did you get the guts to ask him that? And I said, well, the guy is so introspective. I know he's thought of it. He, and, and coach Wooden gave me a beautiful answer and, and, and Dan, and then I wrapped the interview up and, and, and Coach Wooden kept talking. Like, I stood up and said, thanks, Coach. He was sitting there. He kept talking. I ended up sitting back down, and the cameraman's still rolling, and he continued to just talk story with me. And he was so engaging, and he was, you know, I mean, he was like, you know, I mean, he's like every grandpa, you know, that you've ever run across, except it's Coach Wooden, and you're sitting next to this you know, the, the greatness of college basketball and talking about, not about basketball, but talking about life. And, and uh, so it was, it was a hell of a start to the LA journey. And I don't think, uh, you know, I don't think I'll ever do any better than, than coach Wooden at, at, at you know, who, who passed away about a year later. He was such an amazing figure. I had an opportunity to meet him a few times. My senior year, I was a Wooden Award All-American. So I went down to LA for all the events had a chance to really kind of talk with him uh, on a number of occasions that weekend. Um, fast forward about six months. I'm a rookie with the Atlanta Hawks. We are playing uh, either the Clippers or the Lakers in L.A. And uh, Pete Babcock, the general manager of the Hawks at the time, um, sets up with Lon Kruger, the coach, a breakfast meeting. We normally would have shoot-around. We decided not to have shoot-around that day. We had a breakfast meeting. And John Wooden came in and talked with our team. And I remember after he was done talking and a lot of the guys said, hi, coach, thanks. And they went on their ways. I stayed back for a minute because I had met him a few months before. And I just, you know, I, I went up to him. And I said, coach Wooden, thanks uh, for coming today. I don't know if you remember me uh, from six months ago. You know, I was part of the Wooden Award group. And, and he, I will never forget this. He, we were sitting right across from each other, and he remembered almost our entire conversation from six, eight months earlier to a T. I had recently gotten married. Um, my wife, Heather, uh, she was my fiance at the time at the Wooden Ward. He remembered her being down there. He asked how married life was going. He asked how the adjustment was being in the NBA and moving to Atlanta. I, I was blown away. And it speaks to what you were saying after the interview. He took time and he sat and he had a conversation about life with you. He was such an amazing person. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. One of the war they 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 made they rearranged our offices in L.A. You know, a year a few years later, I don't know, three years later, four years later, and I had the raw tapes to this interview, and I put them in a box, and somebody 
threw the box away. And I was like, oh my, oh my. I was like, ah, no, no. I, I lost a lot of good stuff in that box, but but what was priceless was was these Coach Wooden uh, raw tape of the interview, which, you know, would have been something that uh, probably the Hall of Fame would have liked to have. Absolutely. Well, last question before I let you go. Um, you're a Northwest guy. You grew up in Spokane. You went to the University of Oregon. Rewind two years, the 2017 NCAA oh. Final Four. How great <laughs> of a weekend was that for you? Man. Gonzaga Oregon. I, I mean, Gonzaga and Oregon, both there. I'm like, I'm, I'm walking out a winner. I got, I mean, I got a, I, the odds are with me. Forget Vegas. I got better odds right now. Uh, and, of course, Oregon uh, got beat by North Carolina in the first game. And then in one of the one of the most just – it was such a depressing game, that championship game, because I'm not blaming the officials, but the officials, the officials turned that game into a game of, of, of six-footers instead of six-foot-eighters. Uh, you know, I, it just – it was a – I, I, it's like I couldn't wait for that game to end. It was it was it it was not a fun game to watch. I thought it was poorly officiated for both sides. They didn't allow them to play. Of course, North Carolina won, so I'm not looking at it as sour grapes. But it was a hell of an experience uh, to be there. Uh, but obviously, I, I was rooting for rooting for one of the the two other teams. They're not South Carolina or North Carolina to to come out a winner. But uh, uh, you know, and 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 Mark had such a good team that year. And this year, I mean, I don't think he had his maybe his eighth best team ever or something. And those and those cats, you know, might have won it all. Completely agree. It's uh, <laughs> it's an unfortunate uh, in uncertain times that we're living in, and it's impacted sports and impacted life. And you know, the only thing we can ask and hope is is just that people uh, take this time and and help each other get through it. So. Neil, thank you so much for taking some time uh, for Scorebook Live Washington and myself. Um, you're, you're one of my favorites in the broadcasting world, that's for sure. Thank you very much for joining us. Dan, I've always been a fan of yours, brother, so thanks for letting me, uh, let me participate. Take care. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.